Hello and welcome to Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In this episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the things the Buffalo Bills have done so far this offseason. But also, in a couple of other segments, we're going to talk about the seven-game homestand for the Buffalo Sabres and where they fare after that. And also, in another segment, we're going to talk about the UB Bulls basketball team. It's a three for today. Stick around. Right after these sponsors, uh, words from our sponsors, we're going to jump into it. Before we go ahead and jump into the episode, I want to remind everybody, if you like what you're hearing, spread the word, tell your friends, tell your family, tell them they can follow me on Sports Talk Buffalo 716 on Twitter. Also, they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. If you're ready, let's go. All right, let's kick off segment number one by talking about some of the moves that the Buffalo Bills have done so far this offseason. Granted, free agency is not quite opened up yet. Some major agreements have already been made, such as the ones uh, with Kareem Hunt. Most people already know about that going to the Cleveland Browns before the ruling came down. So there's a good possibility that he is still suspended by the league for that incident. Now, for the Bills, they have released their tight end, Charles Clay. He had a career low. He had just 184 yards uh, receiving last year. Um, So good riddance to him. Uh, They have re-signed the old man. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander is back for another year. Here in Buffalo, that's good news. Lorenzo Alexander is, is a good player. He's a good influence in the locker room, and he can help teach some of the young kids how to go, uh, you know, how to, how to be a real professional. The Bills have added some new coaching to their team. This happened uh, about a month ago. The special teams coordinator that they hired is Heath Farrell. He has three NFL seasons of experience. His latest one was in 2018 with the Carolina Panthers as an assistant special teams coach. Uh, He did also spend 2016 and 17 seasons with the Seahawks as a coaching assistant. Uh, If I remember correctly, the special teams was not that great for the Bills last year. Hopefully... uh, Heath Farrell will, you know, be able to tweak some things and get that unit back on the right track. Uh, Another coaching hire for the Bills this offseason was Coach Chad Hall. Now, Chad Hall has two seasons of NFL experience uh, at the coaching level. His two seasons of coaching experience come with the Buffalo Bills as an offensive assistant. Uh, Chad Hall also did help run the scout team. He has been promoted up to wide receivers coach. A little bit of background on Chad Hall so you kind of know what you're getting with him. He did play four seasons in the NFL as a wide receiver. Uh, 
2010, 11, 12, uh, he played with the Eagles. Uh, the 12, 13 season, he played with the 49ers and the thir- uh, and the 13 season, 13, 14 season or 13 season, whatever. I'm guessing he got cut. He did play with the Chiefs before exiting the NFL. In college, he played his college ball at Air Force and in his last year was named the Mountain West Offensive Player in the Year. <clears throat> so you got a guy who's going to work with the young guys in Buffalo. Uh, some of the guys that they they brought in is going to work with the Zay Jones and in uh, you know the 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 Duke Williams and, and guys like that and, and try to mold this receiving core into you know an actual threat. They uh, they weren't very much of a threat last year um, for the Bills uh, and another. Uh, this is actually a pretty big coaching hire here, uh, at least I believe so. Uh, the Bills hired QB coach Ken Dorsey. Now, Ken Dorsey has five years of NFL experience. His last job was in 2018. He was the assistant athletic director at Florida International. But Dorsey previously was the QB coach in Carolina of course, because that seems like where being a McDermott seemed to like to get all their coaches and players is the cast-offs from the Carolina Panthers. But the tidbit of information that kind of swung me on this signing was the fact that Dorsey was the QB coach uh, when Cam Newton won the MVP in 2015. So I kept seeing all of these uh, the same theme, the Carolina Panthers cast-offs that the Bills keep bringing in and trying to uh, turn Buffalo, I, I don't know, I guess into the Buffalo Panthers. Um, but this one actually, like I said, this one did win me over, bringing in a guy that did help Cam Newton have the best season of his career. It, it has kind of been downhill in my opinion, for Cam Newton since that MVP season. He hasn't been able to quite keep that level uh, going. But that's about it. Uh, I'm sure there's some other signings and things of that nature. Stick around uh, for the rest of the episode as we're going to go ahead and talk about, in the next segment, the seven-game homestand for the Buffalo Sabres and where that puts them in the standings and in the playoff race. All right, let's keep the show rolling here. We're going to talk about the Sabres' seven-game homestand. This was a crucial portion of the Sabres' schedule as they had a real opportunity to get themselves back on track and into the playoff hunt, or stay in the playoff hunt, possibly even put themselves into a playoff spot uh, with seven straight home games. Well, let me tell you how they did. In the seven home games, they were three wins, three losses, and an overtime loss, netting them just seven out of a possible 14 points. Seven out of 14 points the Sabres got at home. So, with that being said, I know in the the last podcast I said I kind of 
tapered my expectation of the Sabres and where they were going to finish. I guess I'll give you my hot take for the Buffalo Sabres. After watching this team play, uh, I've I've definitely had a chance to watch a few more games of late. And I can tell you this, this is not a playoff team. Not in any stretch of the imagination. They have no zero secondary scoring. They don't have a second, third, or fourth line center on this team. Um, their goaltending has been shoddy at best. Uh, wishy-washy. One night it'll be great. The next night it'll be terrible. Uh, the same thing can be said about, about their defense. And again, I, I guess my hot take will be not only do the Sabres not make the playoffs, but I'm going to predict that the Sabres finish 10 or more points out of the playoffs. That is going to be my prediction for the end of the year. Obviously, I'm going to keep giving updates uh, until the season's over for the Buffalo Sabres, but uh, whatever they're doing, it's not working. This team has, it seems like it doesn't have any heart. Um, they they don't seem to show any frustration except for afterwards in the interviews, which is fine. I mean, I guess show some frustration there, but I, I want to see these guys show some frustration out on the ice. I want to see them run somebody. I want to see them stick somebody. I want to see them drop the gloves. I want to see, I want to see some form of heart from the Sabres. I want to see that this matters to these guys. Um, because it matters to the fans, obviously it matters to the fans. We haven't seen the playoffs, uh, in a very long time, seven seasons. Uh, this, I think this will make it the eighth season that we don't make the playoffs. Cause like I said, this team's not going to the playoffs. That is that, that thing is for certain. Um, and in the homestand, some of the players, the stats were, you know, Eichel has two, had two goals and six assists in the seven games. Uh, Skinner had five goals and three assists. And Reinhardt, for most of the homestand, did not actually play with Skinner or Eichel. He still had a goal and four assists. Um, middle stat, uh, for the first five games, actually pretty decent numbers here. He had a goal, pardon me, and three assists in the five games that he played on the homestand. He missed the last uh, couple games with a lower body injury, I do believe. Now, uh, Allmark had a very up and down um, homestand. Hutton, same same thing. He had just a down home stand, I guess. Uh, Carter Hutton, his save percentage was a .873, which goes along with the trend that I've been saying in the last episode about how their goaltending has not been good enough. And Olmark, his save percentage is a .845. So, obviously, this is uh, the goaltending is something that may, again, need to be um, focused on in the off season. I don't. You gotta. You gotta find goaltending help somewhere. Uh, you also have to find uh, defensive help somewhere. This defense has played absolutely atrociously for multiple games. 
but also they've showed flashes where they can play well. Uh, give you an example. When the defense played well for three games this homestand, they allowed just five goals in those three games. And the team went 2-1. and one. In the one game they lost, they lost 3-1. to one. And of course, uh, Eichel's the only one who scores the goal in that game. Um, and there's just no sec- secondary scoring at all. <clears throat> And in the four games where uh, the defense looked bad, um, the Sabres allowed 23 goals in those games. And the team went, not surprisingly, 1-3. and three. Um, <clears throat> Hopefully my frustration is, is coming out and coming through the microphone into the, into the recording for you guys because... I'm very frustrated with this team. Again, after that 10-game win streak, I really, really thought... Obviously, I didn't think that they were going to be able to keep that up all season long. But I thought that they would be able to play maybe a a two-win... You know, I thought maybe they would play... Have two wins for every loss. You know, maybe for the rest of the season. But that surely has not been the case for the Sabres. As they have not won two games in a row since mid-December which is embarrassingly bad. Um, And that's just, I mean, the Sabres, at last time I checked, were five points out of a playoff spot. And I already gave you my hot take. Do you believe, I mean, do you guys still believe that the Sabres have a chance to make the playoffs? Because I don't. Like I said, after watching this team, I really, really don't believe that there's any any chance um, for the Sabres to make the playoffs. So I guess I'll just do my best to enjoy the last 20-something games for the Sabres until there's another summer of just absolute nothingness. I'm watching, playoff, I'm watching other teams in playoff hockey. Um, so on that depressing note, uh, we'll uh, go ahead and stick around for the next segment. A little bit more upbeat for the next segment as we're going to talk about the Bulls basketball team um, and the week that they had. So go ahead and, and stick around for that. All right, in segment three, a little bit of a happier note. We're going to talk about the UB Bulls men's basketball team and the week that they had. They played two games this week, one against Akron, one against Toledo, both of them away games this week. Very, obviously very tough for a college team to do. Uh, Going on the road, road games are always tough. No matter what sport you're playing, no matter what level you're at, road games are always difficult. The Bulls. Still ranked, although they have been slipping in the rankings, they are still ranked to number 25 in the nation in the AP polls. Polls, sorry. Um, so hopefully these, uh, these two wins on the road will vault them up a little bit higher. Um, couldn't really watch the Akron game, so I can't really give you a, a feel for that game. 
Uh, the game was on ESPN Plus, <laughs> and I already pay out out the batute for uh, um, cable, so I really don't want to spend even more money to to go ahead and get ESPN Plus. But what I can do is let you know some of the stats from the game. I read the uh, the recap of the game, and it said that the it said that uh, UB did not really have a very strong game. Uh, again, on the road, that Akron played them very tough. It was a uh, very defensive game. So what I can talk to you about, obviously, in this game uh, was... Well, we'll go ahead and talk about the leading scores from the Akron game. Now, in the Akron game, obviously, C.J. Massenberg was still hurt. Still managed to give you 21 points and four rebounds, as we've kind of come accustomed, grown accustomed to. Um, when he uh, he's he's going to go down as one of the best uh, players to ever come through um, the the basketball program at UB. Uh, was reading an article that says uh, you know he has a potential to uh, get drafted. Uh, in the NBA draft, that he's that good of a shooter, um, that he's an adequate enough defender, and uh, he's adequate enough uh, athletically um, to be a, a solid depth player in the NBA. Um, I see Massenberg more going overseas. Um, his height is probably going to be uh, an issue in the NBA. He's only a six foot three shooting guard, which is kind of small for uh, a shooting guard in the NBA. Um, in in the Akron game, Dante Carruthers uh, also had another solid game. Uh, this guy's been coming through a lot for the Bulls to uh, be able to keep doing what they're doing. He had 15 points and four rebounds. And a surprise in this game, the third highest scoring player was uh, Devontae Jordan, who had 12 points and 5 rebounds. Uh, not really known for his scoring, more known for his defense. Um, in that game, the uh, the Bulls had what definitely helped propel the Bulls in that game. Uh, seemed like, it, obviously, it was their free throw shooting. The Bulls were 21 of 26 um, from the line. Obviously, in a game that ended 76-70 in favor of the Bulls, that was huge. Uh, Missed a couple more of those free throws, and, and, you know, it's it's really anybody's game. They shot 46, the Bulls shot uh, 46.2% from the field. Um, And Akron shut down, and that was with Akron actually shutting down... um, the Bulls' fast break offense. They only had two fast break points, according to the stats. Um, but one thing that was alarming in the game uh, with the good defense from Akron was the fact that they had the Bulls had 18 turnovers uh, <clears throat> in that game. We'll go ahead and jump to the next game. They played uh, the Toledo Rockets, who uh, are number one in in the MAC West. Um, and coming into the game, uh, I mean, Toledo was no joke. Um, they were 20, have 20 wins and four losses and were eight and three coming into this game. 
Obviously, the first game did not go that well for them. Uh, it was in Buffalo. It was the, I believe it was their first conference game, and the Bulls kind of just blew them out of the water uh, when it came to that. Uh, the crowd was, or the uh, the game was played in front of a a very very big crowd for Toledo, which seemed like off the jump it really really helped. Uh, the Rockets come out to a very strong uh, opening portion of the game. The game, uh, the attendance was 7,401, which was the largest crowd at Savage Arena since it was refigured prior to the 09 or the 08 09 season. The game started off very, 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 very slow um, for the Bulls. Toledo opened up on a 10 to nothing run in the game. <clears throat> and Buffalo was down by as many as 13 points in the game. They went into halftime trailing by just three points, clawing their way back. Um, just a tremendous job to not panic uh, and not let Toledo really, really blow the game open. <clears throat> that, that came... Could have went the other way uh, had they not had a lot of senior leadership on this team. Um, in the first half, they, they, uh, the Bulls struggled. They were 0 for 9 from 3, which if you've been following the Bulls at all, you know <clears throat> that is one of their strong points, to drive and kick and uh, make the extra pass, get the open look and knock them down. That simply was not happening in this game. Um, and like I said, they trailed by just three points going into halftime, 39-36. And I thought that that put them in a pretty good spot considering they were down at 1.17-4, <clears throat> which um, I think it was one of the largest uh, times they were down uh, so far this season. Um, some of the leading scores for the Bulls in this game, was, the leading score was Nick Perkins. He had 26 points and 10 rebounds, another double-double for Perk. He had a career high in points, and that was um, absolutely huge. Um, he kind of carried the team on his back in this one as Massenburg got into foul trouble early. Um, and some of the other guys got into foul trouble early. Uh, Jordan got in, a, got in a bit of foul trouble early, uh, had to sit out. But, um, yeah, some of the other uh, leading scores. Massenburg did end up with 14 points in this game. Uh, he quietly had a pretty good second half. He had 14 points, ended the game with 14 points and five rebounds. Uh, Montel McRae has definitely been, I think, has been kind of picking up his game uh, of late. Uh, 12 points, 5 rebounds. He's been playing pretty well, I think, offensively and defensively. Um, and Jeremy Harris, uh, really, I feel like he's really been struggling aside from a game or two this year. Uh, teams are, I feel like teams are really focusing on not letting him drive the lane and uh, making him take the three uh, more, more so contested than last year. Harris had 11 points. But he did have 10 rebounds, 
So he is uh, contributing in other ways. He did have a double-double. The Bulls are now 22-3, and and they are 10-2 and in the MAC Conference. Um, they come home, I believe, for at least two to three games a homestand. Um, the AP polls, they come out tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, which, uh, you know, of this recording. Um, so there's nothing new there. But another strong week for the Bulls. Uh, didn't necessarily play their best, but still able to win these games. Uh, I'm really excited um, for March Madness. I hope that the Bulls get, uh, you know, continue to play well and get a high seed in the tournament and can kind of propel them to, you know, the best year that they have ever had, um, in program history. So on that note, we're going to go ahead and finish up this episode. Again, if you like what you're hearing, follow me, Sports Talk Buffalo 716 on Twitter. Tell your friends, tell your family, uh, spread the word, get this podcast out there. If you're, well, all right, on that note, on that silly note, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast. You guys have a good one.